Welcome to the Power of Love show sponsored by the Dee Dee Jackson Foundation, where we shine a light on loss and grief and how it impacts our lives. We are here to provide hope, resources, and a community so no one feels alone in their grief. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Power of Love show sponsored by the Dee Dee Jackson Foundation, where we shine a light on loss and grief. I am TJ Jackson, and with me is my eldest brother, Taj Jackson. What's up, T? How are you, Taj? Doing great, doing great. We are live on this Wednesday, April 6, 2022. We are here to talk about many different things that I think is very important that we all know. I will say this, we are live on Facebook and YouTube at the moment. You could be watching us on a replay. Uh, We go live every Wednesday at 1 p.m., so make sure to know that information in case you want to be with us and interact with us when we are live. Uh, You also may be listening to us on a podcast, reminding everyone that we do, all these shows get transferred to a podcast so that you guys can listen to them on your favorite podcast streaming platform, or podcast platform, I should say. Um, That includes Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, and many others. Um, Just want to make sure you guys know of all the way you can find the show. We would love any type of uh, I should say feedback, positive or negative, to make the show better. Um, but if you have positive feedback, please make sure to like, subscribe, and to leave a review. It helps others find our content who may be needing it. Uh, Taj, I think that's pretty much the the the, the intro. Um, but I guess I'll do the the disclaimer as well. Uh, I, I'm going to read this because I'm on a different computer, so I don't have it just right there for me. Uh, But here's the disclaimer for the show. We are not licensed therapists. We are just ordinary people who've experienced loss in our lives. We've been impacted by it and we have learned from it. And we like to share our opinions in an attempt to help you get through whatever it is you're going through, saying that if you need professional help, we urge you to seek it and to find it. Please do not just rely on us. Okay, so Taj, April 6th is today's date. April 1st, just five days ago, was mom's birthday. Um, did you do anything or want to share anything about experiencing mom's date, uh, a mom's special day on the birthday? And it's also three T day. Yeah. And three T day. Um, I had posted something. I mean, I had been staying away from social media for a little while and, and ignoring like, um, just posting in general, but did post something on mom's, uh, birthday, obviously, um, still, uh, and a hard day in, in any, you know, um, sense of, of the word, but it's just, I don't know. It was just, it was interesting because it never, I mean, my words, you know, I, I wrote a post and it was just, it's hard because it just doesn't get, as we know, it doesn't get any easier, you know, um, as the years go by. I mean, it's been, I, I said this last time around, but it's like mom's been, gone longer than she's been alive in my memory and in mm. in, in in terms of the years you know of, of how much time i got to spend with her and so um it's 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 more of that that aspect of it and then as you know having kids and stuff it's just what they missed out on i think is is the hard thing um last month i celebrated uh, my mother-in-law's birthday and stuff like that but it's just like and then you know, mom's was recently, but it's just like, they don't have that other half, you know, and I know mom would have, as you know, been an amazing mm. grandmother. Oh, so yeah. it's, it's, it's that aspect of it that just is hard because it's like, they're missing something that um, I can't, that is irreplaceable in that way. Yeah. It's, um, and, and Taj, I'm going to ask this question too. Have you, and I know, you know, we've talked about this many times, especially me and Turo, the aspect of having kids and then feeling, refilling the grief as, um, as a parent uh, for, for our kids who have lost a huge grandparent, maternal grandparent figure. Um, Has that, and I know you are aware of it because Turo and I have mentioned that many times, but are you feeling that or experiencing that? You know, I think when you guys really, when it hit you guys um, was when 
that your kids started asking where's grandma or you know or they would see other kids with two grandparents and or you know on both sides and and so taylor's still young enough where she's not asking that question as mm -hmm. much and and i don't i mean i've a certain amount of pictures of mom but i don't have a abundance of pictures of mom so it's not like you know she she sees her around everywhere in terms of yeah. our house or so it's just yeah i think that's it's going to be a conversation soon in that way because taylor's becoming more and more aware of relationships and who people are you know constantly asking for grandpa tito <laughs> <laughs> not Papa T, Grandpa Tito. You know, it's just funny. That's how she refers to him. Huh? Yeah, that's how she refers to him. You know, it's just funny. Um, but yeah, so that's very cute. But she's been asking for Grandpa Tito, wow, for last week or something. Um, that's awesome. But yeah, so I mean, look, we this this podcast has helped so much in in terms of doing this in, in general. We've been armed with as many tools as we can be armed with. But as you guys know, it, it doesn't get any easier in in the mm -hmm. journey and everyone's experience is different in that way and so and then not to only mention that tj but then we had um a week before we had something that we didn't yeah. even share that yeah. um we were going through and you i think you should share it yeah you want me to yeah well, well yeah. we had uh another parole hearing for the man who took our mother's life and um this was a, definitely a different experience because it was virtual. It was the first time we didn't drive, you know, hours away to a prison to do this, um, to do the parole hearing and to watch it and to 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 be part of it. And um, this one was a bit different because, like I said, it was virtual, so we didn't really have each other's support um, because we are virtual. Um, but you know, obviously, I, I still got support from Franny, and I'm sure Taj did from uh, his wife. Yes. Um, so it, it was just a different thing to make a long story short though, um, his parole, um, request was denied. So he is eligible for parole in another three years. Um, and, um, I think it's so interesting and I've shared this many times, I think on here as well, that for me, I was getting to a place where, you know, obviously nothing's bringing my mother back and, you know, I'm working on this forgiveness, and I know he's very up there in age. Uh, he's, I think, in his 80s. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, he's a grandparent and all that stuff. So I was trying to find a place in my heart to be forgiving and to, um, not, I don't want to say support a release, but to be okay with the release. Mm -hmm. And that yeah. has been the last, that's been something I've been working on over the years. And, and I think the last two prior parole hearings, I was making great grounds on that. But over the last six or seven years, you know, what I've seen from him and the way he's been still publicizing the scenario and painting himself as a victim, um, that's kind of slowly changed my position. And, and now it's to the point where I am happy it was denied because I don't think it's fair for him who only who's a narcissistic person by I think everyone understands that. And that's been his biggest issue. But. I, I think I'm happy and I'm relieved of the fact that we won't have to deal with all the news requests because he's saying something outlandish and talking about mom and our family and have to go through that because that's an also an emotional battle, an emotional wearing thing that I didn't want to have to go through and I don't want to have to go through. So um, I'm just sharing all that just to, to be no, it's, it's open with great because yeah. it is, it is, you know, what people don't realize is that I think if he got out, he'd go straight to the press with a story or maybe a lifetime movie or something like that. And it's, we'd have to relive that trauma all over again. And as you said, we hundred percent, um, I was getting to that point because of his age that every, every parole here. And I'm like, okay, he's at an age where, you know, the percentages they'll let him out because he's, he's, a lot older and so mm -hmm. he's considered less of a threat but i think he's someone that always his his words get him in trouble in that way and his lack of remorse gets him in trouble and and it's i think terrell mentioned it during the parole but or was it you but we're always like there's always something new we find out about that night you know that was very frustrating because i feel like i've still never gotten the full picture of mm -hmm. what happened 
but mm-hmm. then it's like you get this little one little nugget of like of like you wait three years to hear one other sentence that's like oh and so and so and or such and such and such and it's like it's just a little piece of the puzzle but it's like you you know i didn't even know that aspect of it and so it's like it's frustrating because because um you dread the the hearing obviously but then it's like you're kind of relieved that it goes in your favor but at the you know and and i i we think the you know the pearl board and all that stuff and in general but it's 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 a little um traumatic in a way and hard yeah Yeah. more traumatic right now but yeah it's a little hard for um in general but yeah i mean well with that said uh i think we need to also um send some love to to the two women out there who helped and us with the whole situation from informing us to to just everything you've done for us. I don't know if I should be releasing the names of who that was. So um, I guess I probably won't for now, err on the side of caution. Um, But if if you are watching, you know who you are. We we are very thankful to have you on our side and and to have your support and and helping us get through it. And very thankful. Um, All right, Taj. Well, we aren't here to discuss that but it so it went a little longer than than normal the intro but it was an important thing and and uh it relates to our mother Dee jackson who the whole foundation is yeah. is built around so it, it makes sense so but anyways on today's episode of the power of love show we are going to break down an article that is entitled seven ways to treat yourself with kindness while grieving it's written by eleanor haley of what's your grief What's Your Grief, by the way, is an incredible wealth of resources for grief content and offers many grief-related articles. You can find them by visiting their website, www.whatsyourgrief.com. That is W-H-A-T-S-Y-O-U-R-G-R-I-E-F.com. Or you can follow them on social media, which is at What's Your Grief. So without further ado, let's dive into this article to learn seven ways to treat yourself with kindness while grieving. Um, Now, the article, let's see. Practicing self-kindness is an art. It requires a person to identify what they need and to claim their right to have it. This may seem like a simple explanation, explanation, but it isn't simple in practice, especially when a person has to fight against years of implicit and explicit attitudes about what they should need, how they should be, and what they do and do not deserve. Knowing this, let's spend a little time today brainstorming some of the most basic ways that grieving people can be kind to themselves. Mm. Will these things be easy to do? No, not necessarily. Some will, some won't, but it's a place to start at the very least. And in the long run, being kind to yourself will mean different things to different people. So this is not a prescription. Once we are done reading this article together, we encourage you to consider what self-kindness means in the broader context of your life. And now for the seven ways to treat yourself with kindness while grieving. Uh, Yes, here we go. So Taj, number one, it's an important Mm -hmm. one. And one I think a lot of people can say. Is this an order? This is an order. I don't know importance, but at least I'll We'll we'll determine that after. Okay. There you go. Number one, Taj, is something I think a lot of people are guilty of, maybe subconsciousness, maybe are subconsciously, yes, subconsciously or without even knowing, that's what I'm trying to say. And that is, don't compare yourself. You know, um, super, super important, do not compare yourself. First, try not to compare yourself to your expectations. In fact, it can be helpful to let go of your expectations about grief entirely. Throw things like grief stages, tasks, and timelines out the window because individual grief is unique and unpredictable. We realize how scary it can be to look at grief as a complete unknown, but in doing so, you allow for a more flexible and acceptable understanding of your experiences. I think this is super important, Taj, because there... We are conditioned as people to think that there's a proper way to go through things or to do mm-hmm. things. And I, from my own experience, can support this. Grief comes in waves. It comes in different directions. It comes in different order. It just different emotions. It's completely a mind of its own. It's as if it's like this inner 
monster within you that can stretch out and and like one of those Marvel characters who are dealing with something they don't have any control. Um, grief can sometimes feel like that. And how do you fix that? How do you you know handle that? I think the the most important thing to do is to understand it and to not be afraid of it and to accept it and and to to learn how to deal with it. Oftentimes, like I was saying, we like a prescription. We like something that tells us if this happens, then do this. But grief isn't necessarily always like that. So with that said, do not compare yourself. Don't don't fall victim to the idea of comparing yourself to a friend or when they went through a similar situation or to someone you saw on TV or to someone on social media. Everyone is different. Everyone handles their situations different. And when we start comparing ourselves, that's when we can get really you know hard on ourselves. Mm-hmm. Taj, is there anything you want to add to that? Um, no, I think, I think you're hundred percent right. I think the article is hundred percent right in that way. Um, one thing I would push back on, I would just say, it's nice to have examples. doesn't mean that you're part of that example or that your experience lines up with it, but it's nice to know that other people go through it as well. Like I, mm. I don't think you should throw out every guideline or whatever. I think you should just basically use it as an, a template or example, but you you might not fit into that template. And be like, okay, well, I don't fit into that. Maybe let's try this template or this. But you're right. Don't compare. Like, it's not a one size fit all. Yeah. You know? So, and 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 I'll say, Miss Silent Siren, uh, Tiffany says, "Gosh, I compare all the time." And and first of all, yeah, this is what I love is that you acknowledge it. You are aware of it. That's ha- more than half the battle, you know. And and because oftentimes we can't even realize we're doing it. So. Uh, Tiffany, I, my, my response would be at least you're realizing it and it's not something that only you are doing. Most yeah. of us do it. So we just have to be very conscious of it and and try not to compare because it's going to lend ourselves to being hard on ourselves uh, yeah. while going through difficult times. Which is which is what I did with Terrell in general, because Terrell, you know, is obviously more emotional when it comes to certain things. And he was able to cry a lot with mom, you know, about mom and stuff like that especially when we did our show and I, I took it as like, why am I not in that space? You know, why am I not able to express the way he did? I I was, I was a little, not, I was envious of him that he was able to, while he was looking at as he wasn't being strong. And I was looking at the complete opposite that I was a little too hard. And so that's, I think there's, and we're brothers (laughs) in that way. So we've gone through, pretty much a a similar experience and so when as three brothers you're going through different experiences of grief then you know you should definitely not compare because we were under the same roof pretty much in the same experience yeah well i mean and i think we can try to learn from what others are going through when they're you know with from their grief experiences grief experiences but we cannot and should not compare uh it really helps no one um it's just not a good thing to do don't compare your methods of coping because everyone copes with grief differently and finally don't compare your overall healing to your perception of how others are healing grief is a story without a true end and everyone's ups and downs happen at different times and in different places and then finally don't compare yourself to yourself Oftentimes when people try to assess how they're doing in grief, they make the mistake of comparing themselves to the person they were before the loss happened, who, by the way, you'll never be again, of course. And that's okay. um, We have to make sure uh, that we don't fall victim to our past and who we were and you know the, the what position we were these comparisons aren't fair because they discount all the progress you've made in your grief journey if you still insist on comparing yourself to yourself in grief we recommend the article compared your comparing yourself to how you felt on day one of your grief so not who you are but how you felt and how you feel um i think that's all great stuff all great stuff okay so number two is accept that a wide range of emotional, physical, and cognitive experiences are normal in grief. Again, this goes back to those beliefs about how grief is supposed to be. In our society, in particular, people tend to think grief looks a certain way. Picture things like a sadness, talking about emotions, moving on after one year, and so on. 
Some of these expectations evolve from outright myths and misconceptions about grief. For example, grief timelines and the idea of moving on. Others simply reflect a limited understanding of grief, which is normal and understandable. The reality is most people don't know how complex grief is until they've experienced it themselves. I can kind of relate with this, Taj. I had no idea grief would have all these turns and all these different experiences and emotions will come out at different times, at random times. But from years of experience, now I know that. And this is completely true. Anything, Taj, you want to add? Mm, not on this one, no. Not, not on this one. Okay, number three. Give distressing emotions and experience the time and attention they need. Uh, this one might seem counterintuitive to many. Focusing on distressing emotions, memories, and grief triggers may seem like self-torture, not self-kindness, and sometimes it is. When a person focuses on such experiences in chronic self-blaming and self-shaming ways, it isn't helpful. On the other hand, it isn't helpful to run away from these, these thoughts and emotions either. Got to find that balance. Yeah. Think about it the same way you would think about coping with a serious physical illness or injury. It wouldn't help you to ignore the illness or injury. It wouldn't help you to stare at yourself in the mirror saying you're weak, stupid, or to blame. The only thing that would help is to acknowledge the pain and find ways to take care of yourself and heal. The pain of grief is just as worthy of your self-care and your goals should be the same. To find constructive ways to heal where you can and to, and to manage the pain where you can't just yet. With, yeah, where and when you can't just yet. Todd, what's your thoughts on this? I agree. I, I agree with that. I mean, uh, it's one of the things that I probably should have been better at in that way because I just ignored it. I mean, I literally chose to not, I didn't want to say accept it because I knew mom was gone, you know, when, when it happened. It wasn't uh, that aspect of it, but I didn't, I didn't, whenever I would feel that I was in the pain or whatever, I would kind of do something else or change in that way. And, and I don't know, I, I've learned to live with that in, in a way. I don't think I've, ever sat in that pain uh some people think i should i don't i don't think it would help in, in a way because i've already come to terms with everything so mm -hmm. i don't know i mean i think people are just different in certain things but um yeah yeah i i think um i think everyone's different and the one thing i do like from the article is that you, there is a balance point you have to try to find you can't completely ignore it because it will come back around um and at the same time you can't just sulk in it and live in it every day because it will get to you and i know is my quality going down touch a, a little yeah but it's all right yeah okay all right I, I guess I yeah I'll, I'll use an analogy here i think it's an, an example what like it's like if you broke your leg like i broke my leg i should have fixed my leg but instead of fixing it i let it it healed but now it's healed wrong but it's still healed so now i could either re-break it or i could just i know how to live with that broken leg now basically in a way so it's like i'm used to it as mm -hmm. opposed to oh you should go re-break it and, and it'll be better mm. okay, um we'll no i think no, well, I, in the article, it talks about it to, to kind of like with a physical injury, you wouldn't just completely ignore it and you wouldn't also just be defined by it. And I think that it's a very interesting and strong point. And your example with your leg is 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 accentuates that and, and adds to it. So it makes complete sense to me. Uh, number four of the seven ways to treat yourself with kindness uh, while grieving is ask for help. Ask for help and accept help, both parts. As simple as this may sound, we know asking for help is sometimes a tall order. Everything about it can be challenging. Identifying what you need, reaching out and asking for assistance, and then actually allowing the person to do whatever it is you asked for without feeling guilty, apologetic, weak, selfish, or burdensome. Here's the thing. You've experienced a major hardship, and now is the time for you to let others take care of you. Someday, when those people 
need taken care of, you will be there to return the favor. Also, though their offers may be ineffective, quite often when people say they want to help, they mean it. Mm -hmm. Try your best to let them in. How are you with that, Taj, when people say or want to help you and, and you know, ask how they can help you while you're grieving? How are you with accepting that? And, and, um, and then I'll ask you, how are you with asking for help? Accepting them, great. I was great with that. I, I did think about that. And when, when it came to, to the grief aspect of it, if people asked to, or wanted to help, I actually was very open to it, which is surprising because that's not what I would have thought I would be like in that way. But I was like looking back, you know, when I just when you were just talking and I'm thinking back in terms of memory and stuff like that. And I was very um, appreciative and very open to to getting help because I knew. I knew that like what the hole that was created by mom's passing or death was such a big hole that I knew that there's no way that I was going to be able to do it alone. Mm. What about you? In terms of uh, accepting, accepting help? help? Yeah. I think I'm pretty good. I think it could be a lot better, to be honest, Taj. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't like the feeling of owing someone. And, <laughs> and, and it's on me. It's not it anyone else. It's on me. I'm very sensitive to that. So when someone asks for help and I, and you know, 95, 99% of the times I know it's genuine and they want to help, I will, you know, shun it or turn it, turn it down in my own way. Cause I feel like I'm being a burden um, to people as well. Oh, you so, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's tough. It's tough, but you know, the one thing is like, I'll use this example, Taj, and I said this in a live not too long ago, but when um, when Royal had his accident and um, I'll never forget, obviously, I think we were rehearsing at the time at Terrell's house and Pops called me because Pops was watching uh, Royal and there was a major accident and we ended up meeting him at the hospital and we beat them to the hospital. And when they came in the ambulance, um, my father was holding Royal, who was, I think, two years old at the time, in the back of the ambulance, and Royal just had blood everywhere. And it was the hardest thing for me to see and watch and to deal with that I genuinely and truthfully lost my train of thought. I couldn't even think. Uh, I was so shaken from what I had seen and experienced that um, it was super hard for me. And I remember vividly, and you know me, I don't have the best memory, but I remember being asked some important questions about what to do um, and and what road that the doctors, I wanted the doctors to take. And I remember asking you, Taj, for help, saying, look, I can't think clearly. You have to make every decision and I trust you and, and just make whatever you think is the best thing you have to decide for me because I couldn't think. I literally couldn't think, and I, I've never had I never had that experience since. I've had it one time in my life, and that was a time where I couldn't process words. It was very interesting. So, uh, but go ahead, Taj. What did you want to share about that? No, I mean, yeah, that was that night was very interesting, and I know you mentally were not you were all over the place, which was um, interesting too, in a way. Um, I remember driving. We were driving to the to the hospital because uh, we had to go to two different hospitals originally. Mm -hmm. um, I also remember uh, the hospital that we went to, where um, it was an emergency. And we, we we got to that hospital. I'm not going to mention the hospital, even though they should be they should be mentioned for what they did. But uh, Royals all covered in blood and, and whatever. And we go up to them and. And there's basically a waiting line and there's all these people that are just waiting and this baby's, you know, dripping in blood and there's people. And I looked at the people like in terms of the ones that were waiting in line for their turn. And like some of them were like, it had a, like a broken leg or they were in like a wheelchair with a broken leg, like a cast and whatever. And I'm like, so this baby that's bleeding right now, we have to wait in line for that and just, can't be accepted in and i was like it it it, it was really kind of shocking in a way mm. and, 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 
you know, this one would have been like, take my spot or whatever. Yeah, this baby needs it. And I, we didn't get that one. So we ended up leaving that hospital. And I don't even know if you know, it was a whirlwind night in that way, but we ended up leaving that hospital and going somewhere else. Yeah. And, and Taj, it's funny because I don't even remember that. I, don't. I know you don't remember that. You, you, some of your story wasn't correct either, so I think oh. I think you filled in. We'll we'll we'll, we'll discuss it another day because I think oh, you were okay. you were very much as you should be. You're the father. You yeah. were you were all over the place in that way. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. I, I appreciate that, Taj. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, and we should talk, we should talk. I think it'll be we'll cool. talk off the thing and then we'll, we'll maybe we'll bring it back up. All right, I love it. Uh, okay, so uh, point number five of uh, the seven ways to treat yourself with kindness while grieving is to focus on basic needs like breathing, sleeping, eating, connecting, and caring. Um, let me read some bit about this. Uh, more often than not, uh, oh, I'm, I'm on the wrong one. I'm sorry, you guys. I did exactly what I didn't want to do, and I sure closed did. the wrong window on reading it. So I don't know, Taj. Let's start with your explanation, then we'll or your thoughts on this uh, and then we'll then we'll we'll go to the explanation. Okay. So on what on focus focusing on yeah for obviously helping you get through a grieving time. What is focusing on basic needs like breathing, sleeping, eating, connecting, and caring? Um, I guess. I mean, I didn't, um, but I that would definitely be helpful <laughs> in that way. I mean, it seems like a simple thing, but I guess a lot of people forget and they don't eat and or they don't sleep or whatever. Um, there's so much going on in your mind. So I, I can understand that in that way. I think you do have to take it one step at a time, no matter what it is mm-hmm. in that way. It's a whirlwind of, of just things and your brain is just spinning a mile away. Like you can't even believe it's true for 99%. You think it's a dream. You think you're going to wake up, you know, any minute and, and all that stuff. So yeah, I can see that. I can see that it's just like, focusing on the basics well i'm about to read um from the article but my take is before i do read is that when you focus on basic needs like breathing sleeping eating connecting and caring it slows life down and and re um calibrates you to kind of slow things down and and focus on basic human needs So um, that's just my take. Now let's see what the article says. The importance of meeting your basic needs is often overlooked when your entire world has been shattered to pieces. The scope of what you're dealing with is so enormous, who can be bothered to think about something like getting enough sleep? But if you are able to meet some of your basic needs, you'll be in a better position physically and emotionally to deal with your other more complex and nuanced stressors. Plus, in a world that now seems to lack rhyme or reason, taking care of your basic needs is often one of the few and or first things you can manage. Good point. So I, I think I think that's a very, actually very good point because when you're dealing with a lot of grief, um, you're trying to get a handle on this new reality in your world. And if you cannot control or, or get a handle on anything, it adds to the idea or the, the feeling of being lost and not in control. And if you can focus and measure your ability to manage and handle things on basic things like breathing, sleeping, and eating, it makes it more successful and more, at least the feeling of we're in control of what's going on in our world. So I think this is actually a really cool idea on many fronts. And perhaps the one that is missed is the psychological impact, the positive psychological impact it can be to have a win by focusing on on simple things. Uh Uh, Point number six uh, is give yourself a break. Whenever we talk about finding ways to cope with grief, we also advocate for finding ways to take a break. While many people think coping with life after loss is only about confronting and coping with difficult grief emotions, we believe that coping encapsulates anything that helps you feel better and gives you a boost of positive emotion. Look, sometimes you just need to give your brain, body, and frayed emotions a rest. It's super important. Um, And it's funny because I feel like this one kind of lends itself to one a couple times ago where you asked for help. You know, Mm -hmm. if you have an animal or have kids 
um, or another obligation, or you you know you have a uh, need help with a, with something at work. If you ask for help, then it allows yourself to to have a break and it allows yourself to mentally feel that break. So um, I think this one is um, can relate to asking for help. Anything, uh, Mr. Jackson, you want to add to number six? Give yourself yeah. a break. Give yourself a break is a good one in that way, you know. I've right. I've seen I've seen from my friend's point of view the this the um the super mom that does everything you know if it's a husband that passes and the mom has to be strong for the kids and all that stuff but then she's dealing with as well all the funeral arrangements and everything like you know and everything else that comes with it and I'm sure that's the same I, this is just my experience but I'm sure that would be the same if it was the husband you know, and the wife had died and, and all that stuff. It's just like, there's so much to do and deal with. So, you um, it's also good for people to be aware of that and be like, Hey, you know, I can help you with this or whatever to give that person, as you said, a break where it's like, I got this take, you know, not the day, whatever it is, like, just take a break. And I got the kids for now, or I got the da 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 whatever it is, just be aware of that too. That's how you can be helpful. Or I'll mm. pick up the laundry or I'll pick up the groceries or stuff like that. Well said, Tosh. Uh, point number seven, love the person who died unapologetically. Uh, this is an important one. And this is the final uh, tip for seven ways to treat yourself with kindness while grieving. More often than not, grieving people maintain a continued relationship with the person who died, but for varying reasons, they may feel they need to keep their ongoing bond private. Let's face it, society has been known to give grievers the side eye when they share the ways they stay connected with their deceased loved ones. What we know about grief is that an ongoing love and attachment is totally normal. So go ahead and talk about your loved ones as much as you want. Do all the little things that keep you close and by all means, love them unapologetically. So uh, first, let's talk about that, Taj, because I think this is super important. Um, I, I feel we're getting a little better, um, maybe not, but I, I think it's important that we do not judge people on ways they feel they are connected to a loved one. Um, I don't think it's fair to do, and I don't think it's um, it's right to do. Let people love who they are missing and connect with that person however they feel it's um warranted as long as they're not hurting anyone why should anyone else care that's my take uh taj anything you want to add no i think i forgot which podcast we talked about this and um but yeah we, we there is no expiration date for for grief in that way and even for talking about people um I think it was brought up or something like, oh, it's been so many years, you know, get over it or whatever it was, the thing. And I think, yeah, number seven is very important that you should be able to talk about the person, should be able to love the person, you know, for for as long as you need to, which is for me forever, you know, in that way, aspect of it. So it's like, you're not going to get over the grief. You're going to live with the grief. Yeah. Um, well, thank you for those words, Taj. Um, and thank you for everyone. We're going to wrap up soon. So I'm going to just say a quick thank you uh, for everyone who's watching and interacting. I'm seeing some great comments. I started a couple. I didn't get to read all of them because um, it's just difficult, but I've started a couple and we're going to share those in a minute. But before we wrap up, um, don't forget that we're going to go have a link in the description box for this article. So if you want need help or you want to read reread this article or you know dissect it, um, you can go to www.whatsyourgrief.com and there are not only this article but there are many more articles. So um, we wanted to remind everyone that this is a great source for anyone who's going through uh, this type of a situation. Please don't be a stranger. Check it out. We are not associated with it, but again here at DDJF. And especially through the Power of Love show, we love to help any way we can and to just let everyone know the resources that are out there. Yep. Um, now, with all that said, Taj, let's maybe get through some of these comments because there are some good ones. All right. Um, I'll, I'll say this. The first one 
is from Casey who says, I am only me, there's no one else like me. Yes, yeah. when it comes to comparing, um, we don't wanna compare ourselves. So be okay with knowing you are going through your situation the way you are supposed to be going through it. You don't need to compare yourself to, to anyone else. Okay. Um, Angie, Angie says, it's a great article, has great information, it's great. Um, we have a super chat from Balmy, my life, my hurdles, and my survival, who says, hey, Fufi and Taj, hope y'all good. I realize I compare myself to others, and as a result, I tend to be criminally harsh on yes. myself. Love y'all. Uh, yes, 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 Balmy. You are not alone with this. Everyone, uh, not everyone, but many, many people are going through it do that. We could, we compare ourselves. Is this how we're supposed to be grieving? Why me? You know, that's another one. It's a lot of people feel like, why did it have to happen to me? Something wrong with me. There's nothing beneficial when you do it. It's just making your road to healthy living uh, much more difficult. Uh, we have another super chat from Lala Chan Network, who says, it's been five months now that my mom passed. Oh, it's a challenge. How uh, emotional stress. Um, it, it, Lala Chan, I, I will say this. Um, first, our condolences to you uh, and your family for what you are going through. It's never easy, regardless of age, regardless of how old you are. Like I said, we were younger. Um, one of my best friends, if not my best friend, recently lost his, lost his mother a year ago and yeah. is still struggling. And and it's not, you know, our situation, in my opinion, you can't say was any easier um, because we were or any more difficult because it was younger. Sure, there's more challenges, but that's not it's not OK to to to. Um, to minimize someone else. So my voice to you, my words to you um, is we're sending you love, condolences, and and don't worry about uh, how, what, where you're supposed to be on this grief journey. Don't, don't think about, really, don't compare yourself with others. You are on your own path of healing and um, it's gonna be a long road, but it's gonna be one that will get easier as time goes on. I, I truly feel that. And again, sending you love. Uh, this is another super chat from Cruz who says, I feel like TJ, but family and friends need to know you need help. I had to learn how to ask for help. Very difficult. People were so kind. Yeah, Cruz, I, I always struggled with asking others for help. Um, but we struggle with that. And I, and I can't say I've gotten better with it, um, but I, I can from that up, from being on the other side. Like I said, you just using my best friend as an example. I've reached out many times and I want to help, but you know, I, I want to make sure um, I could be of help to others. And and when once you've been in that position, you can kind of work it backwards and realize people probably feel the same way about you and your grief. So um, please don't be afraid to ask for help, people. Now, with that said, you guys, uh, there are two uh, other comments that I want to highlight. Um, Clarissa, who says, I know with my daughter passing away, I beat myself. One is uh, wishing I was there to try and save her and bring her back to life. It's so hard. Clarissa, this, this breaks my heart. Um, I, I, my heart is with you. Um, I couldn't even imagine what you're going through. Um, I, I'm kind of speechless, to be honest. Yeah, but that's... one thing, one one thing I do want to say is, you please do not blame yourself. Um, no one is perfect. No one knows everything, and you have to live and find a way to get through life and and to make it a, a you know a, a positive life. And I truly believe you will and are possibly already in process of doing that. Um, but please do not beat yourself up. That's um, that's not fair to yourself, and um, no one wants that to happen to you. Yeah. And it's not fair to, for yourself to do that. Um, I um, I want to say something to clear. Yeah. Uh, I used to beat myself up with my mom's passing because I was the last one to talk to her. She called, basically letting us know that she was staying over that guy's house, that she wasn't going to be coming home. And for the longest time, I always I played the what if game. What if I would have told her, no, I, we need you here. What if I would have been not as quick to to get off the phone because it was the middle of the night and I was I was awoken by the, the call. You know, there's a lot of what ifs and, and all you're doing is torturing yourself. And and I always think mom, my mom wouldn't want that for me. 
you know, in that way. She wouldn't want me second guessing, being being miserable, being having regrets in, in that way. And, and, and it's helped me in that. I still do it every once in a while, but it's it's something that I had to to live with for a long time, just thinking of all the different ways I could have changed the future or change, you know, the past or whatever it was in, in that way. So yeah, I, I would just say that Clarissa, I know it's not the it's not apples to apples, but um I, I feel your pain and please don't beat yourself up. It's it's I you know it's not healthy and and I think you know that that's why you're commenting on it. But you know you have to forgive yourself and I that's what I did in that way because you didn't you know it's out of your hands in certain ways. Gosh, thanks for sharing that, man. I think that was all well said. Important to say. Um, here's another uh, post from Jade who says my husband recently passed away March 27, 2022, from early onset. Alzheimer's, dementia, dementia. I cared for him for eight years. It's been tough dealing with his past in the last few days. Jade, we, again, we are sending you um, condolences and love during this very difficult time in your life. And we lost our grandmother through Alzheimer's just a couple years after losing our mother. Mm -hmm. So it's, I think, in 96, maybe, um, maybe even earlier, maybe 95. Um, so we know how difficult that journey is um but again i can't imagine it being your spouse and seeing and, and having to experience that um please know we are here for you and 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 sending our love and light and and well wishes to you during this challenging time um lena has uh, well, you know, we'll go to Deborah, who also says my mom's sister passed away years ago. I still think about them. I mentioned them in conversation with my brothers. They don't usually continue the, the conversation about them. I feel sad when that occurs. I understand, Deborah, um, how difficult that could be um, when you don't feel, you know, when you don't. Let me say it this way. The one thing I would just suggest or try to ensure you of is that everyone grieves differently and they may not want to talk about situations now and maybe in the near future or in 5, 10, 15 years, their position will change. Mm -hmm. But everyone grieves differently. Um, so we can't judge them on whether they love or all that stuff. Now, yeah. for not saying you do, but just making sure that's the case. And, and um, to add to that, though, um, I, maybe have a conversation with them. You know, they obviously, your brothers obviously love you and will be there for you no matter what. So um, maybe just have a conversation. I think it could be a healing opportunity. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's without knowing the whole scenario, I mean, maybe the, the brothers don't want to be emotional or whatever, and they are trying to be strong or whatever. And so choosing not to, to talk about it is what keeps them from, not breaking down or whatever in that mm -hmm. way i have no idea um but yeah i i don't think it means that they don't care i don't i know she didn't say that but i'm just saying i think it's just every as we had said many times i think everyone just deals with it differently in that way and so yeah well said uh okay two more two more comments we're gonna highlight uh taj and that's from cruz who says taj is the eldest teddy bear just a great big heart a quiet tower of strength. Her mother raised some beautiful, strong men. Not easy at all. TJ's so strong as well. Now, I'll be honest. I didn't see the ending line, uh, but I, I'm always, I wanted to pick this one out because I'm always yeah. ripping, ribbing at Taj. And uh, Taj is a, a giant teddy bear with a great big I am heart. A giant and, teddy bear. and I did like the the, the description of a quiet tower of strength. I, I think that's oh. very true. You, you, you do have a strong base uh, some, somewhere in there. Uh, <laughs> all right, you guys, we're going to end it. But first, before we do, we have to highlight Lena's uh, super chat. Who says, thank you both for doing this, sending you both a lot of love. As I know, it must be tough to go through what you do uh, regarding your mother. As always, we are grateful for you both and this foundation. Uh, Lena, first of all, thank you for the super chat. What I will add is, you know, as we say every single show, this is um, 
we've went through it and we'd like to share what we have learned and our opinions in an attempt to help you guys get through whatever situation you're going through. I can say to those who are experiencing grief in the recent months or years, a serious grief that I truly feel, and I'd love to get some type of expert or someone who would who would contradict this or, or go against this, but I truly feel time, at least with the proper mindset, has a way of slowly healing and, and um, allowing you to reclaim your life in a way that is strong and meaningful. So um, I say that just for those of you out there who are just dealing with the recent um, tragedy or r- recent strong grief, that give yourself time. Don't beat yourself up. Um, find ways. It's not going to be easier. And, and like I think we said it before, it's like this up and down roller coaster of life. You're now going to. You're now on. Um, so when you're feeling the weakest, it's usually when you're at the very top. But you know there will be a downtime where you can feel happy and feel that love again. And then I truly believe at the beginning, it's like everything's at the top, the scary moment. Um, and then, uh, you know, you're living up here and then you go down, you come right back up. So most of your time spent in the top. But as time goes, it evens itself out. And now you're primarily just cruising down there. And then you only have to go through those escalations every so often. Um, and again, you can't you don't know when it's going to happen, but it's not as frequent. So I just wanted to shed some type of optimistic vibe to you all out there that are really going through it and, and, and struggling. Taj, uh, anything else you want to say before we sign off for the day? Oh, uh, it's a great talk. Been a good talk. All right. So with that said, you guys, we are signing off. We want to thank all of you who uh, did Super Chats. We want to thank everyone who joined, who interacted, who left comments. Again, for those who may be listening on a podcast, we suggest you check out a YouTube uh, video or a Facebook video of us. And that way you can not only see it, but you can also read the comments on the side. And, and uh, what we like to do on our YouTube channel is make sure the live chat is there for replays. So you can also see how others are dealing with it in real time of when we say it. All right, you guys, we, were, we are going to sign off. We will see you guys next Wednesday at 1 p.m. Please be safe. Much love and adios, everyone.